Welcome to Grant and Hope's podcast, where we explore themes around the prophetic and the supernatural. As staff at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, we desire to equip the saints for the work of ministry in the power of God. Hey guys, we are looking at the nine manifestation gifts of the Spirit, and specifically this time we're looking at the gift of speaking in tongues. The gift of speaking in tongues is one of the gifts of speech that says something, so it's closely linked with the gifts of interpretation of tongues and prophecy. And I believe that speaking in tongues is the gateway gift into all the other manifestation gifts of the Spirit. It's a gift I most operate in now currently, but due to my own ignorance, it was one gift that I wasn't initially impressed with. It wasn't until I prayed in tons for longer periods of time that I realized the power of tons. Now, speaking in tons is speaking in a heavenly language that would praise and thank and bless God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul describes tons as vertical communication with or to God. So tons is either prayer to God or praise to God or in a way in which the believer gives thanks to God. So we see that the primary purpose of tongue speech is to address God. And the thing I love about in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul describes his own private prayer life in verse 18 as consistent in large part of speaking in tongues. He says, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than all of you. Now, think about that. Just in that statement alone, shows us how important it is to look into this spiritual gift. So in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it's as if Paul opens up the door to his own private prayer closet and allows us to brief, briefly peek into his private devotional life with God. His quiet times with the Lord were anything but quiet, I could imagine. And they featured praying and singing and praising in tons, an experience for which he is profoundly grateful to God for. So Hope and I, we are here talking about the nine manifestation gifts because we're focused on equipping the saints for the supernatural work of ministry and experience his presence and helping others to hear his voice. And I think it's clear to say that I am a continuationist, one who not only believes in the, the nine gifts of the spirit, but I regularly pursue and practice the full range of spiritual gifts. And it's important to note that when the Apostle Paul exhorts all of us to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, he means all the spiritual gifts, not just tons or not just prophecy. Some gifts, you know, they may seem more overtly miraculous, while others are seemingly mundane. But nowhere does a New Testament place a value judgment on any particular gift based on that distinction. So we need to be pursuing all the nine manifestation gifts of the Spirit. So let's begin with a quick refresher. From 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 8, it reads this, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning the spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But the one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And remember, these are manifestation gifts of the spirit. These are not just some natural talents that you get, but these are completely supernatural empowerment endowments from the Holy Spirit. They're not part of your personality. They're not part of just something you're born with, but we're talking about the nine gifts of the spirit 
that are imparted by the Holy Spirit from heaven, from his presence, from power, his own power. And they're for the upbuilding of the saints. They're not just fun toys you get to play with, but they're actually tools for the upbuilding and helping of the saints. So let's talk about what is the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues, this is the gift that is used for God to speak to men. It is a supernatural utterance never learned by the speaker. These gifts were prophesied by Isaiah and by our Lord. You look at Isaiah 28, verse 11 through 12, and Mark 16, chapter 7, or verse 17. So, just a little bit about this gift. It is used mostly for Christians. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 23 through 33 says that. There is a difference between the baptism of the Spirit and the gift used to help the church. Speaking in tongues is mostly used in our own personal devotional need that not that needs not to be interpreted. And Paul says that we should not forbid speaking in tongues in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 39. I found one of the one of my uh favorite quotes to look to on speaking in tongues is from John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth. This is the first quote that really got me intrigued about speaking in tongues. This is what John G. Lake says. If you don't know anything about him, look him up in a book like God's Generals or just look him up look him up online and just you'll notice all the miracles and healings. He was known for great healing ministry so in the early 1900s and 1920s. This is what John G. Lake says. I want to talk with the utmost frankness and say to you that tons have been the making of my ministry. It is that peculiar communication with God when God reveals to my soul the truth I utter to you day by day in the ministry. Many times I climb out of bed, take my pencil and my pad, and I jot down the beautiful things of God, the wonderful things of God that he talks out in my spirit and reveals to my heart while praying in tons. Many Christians do not understand the significance of tons any more than the other man understands the experience of your soul when you are saved from sin. It takes pl- it has take place in you. It is in your heart. It is in your mind. It is in your being. It is better than being told about it. They knew it by internal knowledge. So it is with tons. And here's a quote from John. Sorry, here's a quote from Smith Wigglesworth on praying in tons. There are great possibilities as we yield to the Spirit and speak unto God in the quiet hours in our bedroom. God wants you to be filled with the Holy Ghost so that everything about you shall be charged with the dynamic of heaven. I am here before you as one of the biggest conundrums in the world. There never was a weaker man on the platform. Language? None. Inability? Full of it. All natural things in my life point exactly opposite to my being able to stand on the platform and preach the gospel. The secret is that the Holy Ghost came and brought this wonderful edification of the Spirit. I have been reading this word continually as well as I could, but the Holy Spirit came and take hold of it. For the Holy Spirit is the breath of it, and He illuminated it to me. He gives me language that I cannot speak fast enough. It comes too fast, and it is there because God has given it. When the Comforter is come, he shall teach you all things. And he has given me the supernatural means of speaking in an unknown tongue to edify myself so that after being edified, I can edify the church. Now, if you know anything about Smith Wigglesworth, this is a man who's raised several people from the dead. He had a ministry in the early 1900s through the 1940s, I believe, but really known for like crazy miracles, dead raisins. He traveled all around the UK and even America. Look them up in like the books like God's Generals as well. But let me uh, go more into tons. This is from 
uh, well-known Pentecostal pastor Jack Hayford, he says this about the gift of tongues. Number one, it's limited in distribution, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 and 30. And number two, it's public exercise is to be closely governed in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27 through 28. While the grace of tongues is broadly available that Paul wishes that all enjoyed its blessing in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5. So he's talking about there's two different kind of like terms of speaking in tongues. Number one, there's a there's a praying in tongues that needs to be interpreted, and that's more of like the Acts 2 type of tongues. And then he talks about there's a, a grace of tongues that's to be enjoyed by all believers, which is the 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse kind of tongues. But basically it includes number one, that, that one that ton, the grace of tons that's available to all believers is a distinctive communication with God according to 1 Corinthians 14.2. It's for the edifying of a believer's private life in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4. It's the worship and thanksgiving with beauty in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15 through 17. The difference between these operations of the Holy Spirit is that not every Christian has reason to expect that he or she will necessarily exercise the public gift while any Christian may expect and welcome the private grace of the spiritual language in his or her own personal time of private fellowship with the Lord. Prayerful worship before God and intercessory prayer to God according to Romans 8 verse 26 through 27. So let me just go through just the first, just a quick testimony of the first time that I experienced tons. You know, in the fall of 2006 through spring 2007, I was on a, a six-month journey of knowing about tons, of actively pursuing tons before I was actually activated to pray in tons. And I've I've heard other people experience this as well. It's like they first hear about gifts and they pray about the gift of speaking in tons. And there's a, sometimes there's a, I don't want to say this for everyone, but sometimes there is like a, a journey of knowing about tons, pursuing tons before they're actually activated in it. And during that time, I was so hungry to be filled in the Spirit and experience the Holy Spirit in ways that I read about in the book of Acts and read, heard about from other people's testimonies of knowing that there was more available. And uh, I I asked God to pray in tons, and but the truth is I, I think I really was given that grace. I just didn't step into it. I didn't know really how. And it was really... It's important to note that sometimes praying in tongues, you just have to ask God for it and believe that you receive it and then just step out. I remember when I first got filled with the Spirit, I, I just to share briefly, there was like a slight sensation on my tongue um, when I was baptized in the Spirit. And even when I was baptized in water in the summer of 2007, I remember feeling a strange sensation on my tongue like a heat or like a warmth or there's like a, a looseness on my tongue. So that could have been a sign of actually receiving the gift. But so six months, I'm actively praying. I'm actively asking God for this gift, but nothing was really happening. One time in the spring of 2007, I was just so frustrated. I was like, God, I believe you've given me this gift. Why can't I just speak in it? And I kind of just felt his, his prompting of just, well, just try it. And just that one afternoon after six months of not really experiencing anything, I just believed it and I just started praying in tons. I just, just a couple of words, just like a, 
you know just something like i just started speaking it forth and it started flowing and i was like oh this is praying in tongues and initially i wasn't impressed with it i wasn't uh so it just felt like it was going to be more supernatural than that and what i've learned over time is that the longer you pray in tongues and the more often you pray in tongues for longer periods of time you'll start to notice the power of it but that's kind of how i first got introduced to praying in tongues but let me go into more of definitions of praying in tongues so different kinds of tongues is the gift of speaking supernaturally in a language not known to the individual the plural allows for different forms possibly the known spoken languages of acts 2 and also the unknown transrational utterances in Corinthians designed particularly for praying and singing in the spirit mostly for private worship so there's different tons of men and tons of angels there is a difference between the gift of tons for the body and for private devotion that's what uh first Corinthians chapter 14 2 through 4 you know he who speaks in a ton does not speak to men but to God for one who for no one understands him however in the spirit he speaks mysteries he who speaks in ton edifies himself. So there's different kinds of tons, supernatural utterances, languages not known to the speaker. These languages may be existent in the world, revived from some past culture, or they may be unknown in the sense that they are a means of communication inspired by the Holy Spirit. And they serve as an evidence and sign of indwelling and working of the Holy Spirit. So by praying in tons, we are speaking in mysteries in our spirits, not to men, but to God. Tons are unknown languages of men, and also they can be unknown languages of angels. The gift or manifestation of tons can be used in prayer or for personal edification. The Apostle Paul said that he spoke in tons more than his readers. Believers can also speak in tons in the congregation with interpretation to edify others. To pray in tons is to operate in the realm of the Spirit, and when we interpret our tons, we connect the realm of the Spirit to our physical minds. As we develop the discipline of praying in tongues as God directs us, we birth His purposes in the earth. It's also important to note that that there is that diversity or different species of tongues, as Paul describes it. So in the New Testament, tongues may come in a variety of species or expressions, both known human languages, but they may be also heavenly speech that is crafted by the Holy Spirit for those believers to whom the gift is given. Tons is another linguistic expression crafted by the Spirit, or perhaps even one of the possible numerous dialects spoken by the angelic coast. So Paul describes various kinds, or in the Greek it could mean species of tons, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. The word suggests that there are different categories of ton speech. Perhaps some could be human languages or angelic dialects or even heavenly languages that are uniquely formed by the Holy Spirit for each person to whom the gift is granted. So let me go through a couple of gift of tons defined by various uh, leaders in the church. So here's a quote from Kenneth Hagin, the late father of the word and faith movement. He says, Diverse kinds of tons is supernatural utterance by the Holy Spirit in languages never learned by the speaker, nor understood by the mind of the speaker, nor necessarily always understood by the hearer. Speaking with tons has nothing whatsoever to do with linguistic ability. It has nothing to do with the mind or the intellect of man. It is a vocal miracle. 
Dick Iverson, an apostolic leader of Ministers Fellowship, he says this, The gift of tongues is the God-given enablement to communicate in a language one does not know. This is the manifestation of the Spirit, not human ability. It has absolutely nothing to do with natural ability, eloquence of speech, or a new sanctified way of talking. The gift of tongues is a supernatural manifestation or expression of the Holy Spirit through a person's speech organs. It is a direct manifestation of the miraculous. Derek Prince, late gifted teacher and author, says this, The gift of tongues is a supernatural ability given to a believer by the Holy Spirit to speak in a language not understood by the speaker. Each believer has the potential to speak in a language unknown to him, one that is new to him, other than the language that he normally uses and understands. When speaking in an unknown language, the believer is speaking to God, things not understood, which builds himself up. And David Sykes, the retired Anglican priest in England, he says, Speaking in tongues, this is spontaneous, inspired utterances by the Holy Spirit where the normal voice organs are used, but the conscious mind plays no part. The, the languages spoken are entirely unlearned by the speaker. John Wimber, the late Signs and Wonders Vineyard Movement leader, says, Kinds of tongues are spirit-inspired, spontaneous utterances in which the conscious mind plays no part. It is speaking in a language, whether earthly or angelic, which the speaker has never learned or understood. This is used privately by a believer and may be used at will for his own edification. Tons are also used in public as an ecstatic utterance followed by following an anointing from God. So, when we're talking about tons, the gift of tons is speech inspired by the Holy Spirit in a language the speaker does not understand. In 1 Corinthians, Paul seems to speak about two different forms of this gift. This is what we've been talking about. There's a tons as a language for personal prayer and praise, and there's a tons as a public message for the congregation. Tons as a gift for prayer, praise, and worship. So tons as a prayer language is a means by which the Holy Spirit enables a person to praise and thank God. Unin inhibited by the need to kind of put concepts into prayer or put into words the movements of the heart. It is like a musical composition without lyrics. Paul refers to this form of the gift when he writes, For one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. It is a gift for expressing our love for God in a way that overflows beyond, beyond the limitations of human language. Prayer in tons bypasses the mind, and it's a prayer of the heart. It, it's a prayer that comes directly from the heart. Thus, in a form of what kind of like Catholic tradition calls contemplative prayer, it is a kind of prayer in which the mind is not active, but the heart is completely attentive to God. One of the most beautiful forms of this gift is when a whole congregation is singing together in tons. If you've ever experienced this phenomenon, it's amazing. There's a rising and falling of harmony inspired by the Holy Spirit, worshiping God as with one voice, different volumes and different tones and different melodies, all praising God at the same time. Tons as a prayer language is the only spiritual gift that Paul specifically notes is not for the benefit of others, but rather benefits the one using it. It edifies us by deepening our relationship relationship with the Lord and rekindling, enkindling our love for Him. To edify yourself is a very good thing since you have a greater capacity to edify others in turn. That's what Smith Wigglesworth said earlier. Ton the gift of tons in the second sense 
is as a message for the church. It fulfills its purpose only when it is followed by interpretation. So it becomes a form of prophecy in a sense. The second form of the gift is much more rare than the first. Paul emphasizes that whosoever gives a message in tongues should pray for an interpretation so that people can understand it and be built up by it. Otherwise, it has no value. He writes, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. And the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. But the gift of tongues can also help us in praying for other people. So Paul may refer to tongues when he speaks of the inexpressible groanings of the Spirit in Romans chapter 8. It says in Romans 8, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts and minds know what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. When we are not sure how to pray for a person or situation, especially in the case of seemingly impossible situation, the wonderful things about tons is that tons can help us become attuned to what God wants to do. Our prayer then becomes much more effective. Sometimes as we pray in tons, the Lord may give us a, a specific sense of how to focus on prayer. At other times, we are simply praying in union with unutterable groanings of the Spirit. Paul also exhorts us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. To pray in the Spirit probably refers to praying in tongues as well as other forms of Spirit-inspired prayer. Another possible biblical reverence to tongues is in Jude verse 20 through 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now one thing I want to say about tongues is that's interesting is Tons is a gift that more than any other, many people assume that it disappeared from the life of the church for some 1,700 years. Like they just think from 8,200 to 8,900 it was gone. But the fact is, if you look at church history closely, tons never completely dis- tons never completely disappeared. It only became less common. So something to notice is church history fathers... The, the church fathers spoke of speaking in tongues by using this term jubilation. And later in church history, the, we can see that this gift is easily recognizable in the writings of various saints, like St. Bernard of Clairvaux, or St. Thomas Aquinas, or St. Teresa of Avila, and St. John of Vinny. Uh, let me just read a little bit about St. Bernard of Clairvaux. He was a 12th century monk who rekindled fervor and holiness in different Catholic church orders, he writes of praising God in a way that goes beyond rational thought. This is what he said. But if at times when the heart expands in love at the thought of God's graciousness and mercy, it is all right to surrender our mind, to let it go in songs of praise and gratitude, I feel that I have opened up to the bridegroom, not a narrow lattice, but a wide open window, though it, unless I am mistaken, God will look with great pleasure the more he is honored with his sacrifice of praise. He's talking about praying in the Spirit. St. Thomas of Aquinas says he's one of the keenest intellects in history. He also spoke, he was a man of the heart when it came to prayer and praise. He speaks of praying aloud but without words. He says this, When our mind is kindled by devotion as we pray, we break out spontaneously into weeping and sighing and cries of jubilation and other such noises. We have to serve the God to whom we 
offer reverence and prayer not only with our mind but with our bodies. This jubilus is an inexpressible joy which is not able to be expressed in words. But even so, the voice declares the vast expanse of joy. The things that are not able to be expressed are the good things of glory. He's talking about praying in the Spirit. And St. Teresa of Avila, a 16th century nun who reformed the Carmelite order, not only prayed in this way, but she also desired that her fellow nuns would do so also. This is what she said. Our Lord sometimes gives the soul feelings of jubilation, that's praying in the Spirit, and a strange prayer that it doesn't understand. I'm writing about this favor, this grace here, so that if he grants it to you, you may give him such praise and know what has taken place. It seems like gibberish, and certainly the experience is like that, for it is a joy so excessive that the soul wouldn't want to enjoy it alone, but wants to tell everyone about it so that they might help this soul praise our Lord. I knew a saint named Friar Peter of Alicantar who did this very thing, and those who listened to him thought he was crazy. Oh, what blessed madness, sisters! If only God would give it to us all. So she's talking about praying in the Spirit. It's amazing. You know, many people assume the gift of tongues cease after the, after the New Testament, but and since the church fathers rarely spoke of it, but they did. The gift didn't continue. It just They called it jubilation. So just look through church history. You'll find that the fathers used that term for tons uh, about speaking and you know praying in tons. Even Augustine described one who jubilates does not utter words, but a certain sound of joy without words. It is the voice of the soul that poured forth in joy, expressing as far as possible what it feels without reflecting on the meaning. Rejoicing and exaltation, one who uses words that cannot be spoken and understood, but he simple, simply lets his joy burst forth without words. His voice then appears to express a happiness so intense that he cannot explain it. So there's even talk of in the ancient liturgies, the congregations would often jubilate together, pray in tongues and sing in tongues, spontaneous melodies under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can just look throughout church history. But let's talk about growing in the gift of tons. So tons as a language for prayer and praise is the simplest and most widely distributed of all the gifts of the Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 and 14. As with the other gifts, Paul encourages Christians to seek this gift. Now I want you all to pray in tons in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 5. Clearly the gift of tons is not an obligation and no one should make it a standard for whether someone is a real Christian or not. But on the other hand, it comes highly recommended by the Apostle Paul, whose advice does carry some apostolic weight. We need to take note of what he's actually saying. He models a balanced perspective. Tons is a wonderful gift, but prophecy is even better. I thank God that I speak in tons more than you all, Paul wrote. But nevertheless, in church, I'd rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others in 10,000 words in a ton. Many people are afraid of tons because of its oddness. Indeed, yes, the very idea of adults making like gibberish, unintelligible sounds, it can seem offensive to our own intellects. Yet for this very reason, tons can teach us to hand over control to the Lord. To speak in tons requires a willingness, a willingness on your own part to become like a child and to look foolish or feel foolish for Christ. And that was one of my stumbling blocks. That's why I feel like it took me so long, even six months is like this, 
would be stupid, but in foolishness, but it just, I had to step into that, to that offense of even feeling foolish or looking foolish. And many people find that tons becomes a doorway to the other gifts of the spirit because it becomes a practice. It helps us practice and yield into the spirit without being completely passive. So it kind of teaches you how to flow with the other gifts as well. There is a widespread misunderstanding, partly due to scholars who have analyzed biblical texts without ever having seen this gift in operation that to speak in tongues is to be some kind of religious ecstasy where people lose control of themselves but that is not normally the case it's actually quite it can be what some people consider quite mundane or normal and that's that's one of my the offenses i had at first is that it, i was expecting this religious ecstatic experience where the holy spirit just take complete control of me but actually he was looking for me to partner with him and just step out and just pray and uh that was my case as well a person who speaks in tons remains fully in control and the person can stop or start at will yet there is a real surrender to the spirit at the same time it's kind of like driving a car to maneuver the car you need to both press the gas pedal and turn the steering wheel to begin praying in tons you need to begin making sounds that's like pressing the gas pedal but then let the holy spirit take over let him turn the steering wheel as we let him take over, our tons become more fluid. In most cases, whoever asks for this gift, this gift pervasively, perseveringly, begins pressing the gas pedal and they end up receiving the gift. That's how I end up receiving the gift. Remember I was talking about for six months I didn't really know how to press the gas pedal. But once I activated it and just started speaking out, making sounds... The Holy Spirit took over after I was pressing the gas pedal and he began to stir, turn the steering wheel and then my tons became more fluid. So that's my own experience of when I first experienced tons. So praying in tons, we're talking about the ability to speak in different kinds of tons, uh, uttering words that we did not know what they meant unless we have the interpretation. Like in Acts 2, there seems to be tons speaking in foreign languages. But in Acts 14, there seems to be uh, a speaking in tongues that requires interpretation. So, this gift of tongues has been very one of the most controversial gifts over the last 120 years or so. Uh, it's due to the fact, basically, the tongue speech in Acts 2, it was a genuine, previously unlearned human languages Whereas the tongue speech in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14 is either an angelic dialect or a heavenly language crafted by the Spirit for each individual believer to whom God chooses to supply this gift. And that's where I think there's some confusion and controversy is like people are expecting when people talk about praying in tongues, it's they're like, oh, well, I don't see an Acts 2 moment. But really, it's more commonly an Acts, or sorry, it's a 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14 type of personal devotional tongues. A grace of praying in tongues for private devotion is the grace that we've seen the last 120 years or so. Is That's the more common grace. Although I believe that the Acts 2 speaking in other four languages is possible. But like the tongue speech you see in Acts chapter 10 verse 46 and Acts 19 6 is more likely to have been the phenomenon described in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 which requires interpretation in the personal language. So to speak in tongues 
the most common manifestation that we're talking about mostly today is to not speak to other humans, but rather it is a way of speaking directly to God. Therefore, the species or kind of tons that Paul has in view in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 is unlike the species or kind of tons that Luke describes in Acts chapter 2. It is not a human language. So when we're talking about unknown tons, that word is used. Let's just, let's just look at some biblical commentary. This word is used 21 times that tons is used 21 times in chapters 12 through 14 in 1 Corinthians. It's in a way that clearly does not refer to the human ton, but to some kind of other language. In Revelation, it is used seven times to, just, to refer to a variety of languages and dialects associated with various cultures and tribes, as it does in Acts 2 and Acts uh, 2.4, 2.11. When the early believers explained the gospel in the native dialects of thousands of other people gathered in Jerusalem, though the idea that the word in 1 Corinthians refers to, to known languages seems likely to some interpret, interpreters, the extensive use of it seems more a technical way to point to some other phenomenon. That's what we're trying to talk about today. And the oldest suggestion dating back to Tertullian and still receiving some interest, they they describe the Corinthian phenomenon as angelic speech. This is how Tertullian described it. And this interpretation gets support from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, though I speak in the tongues of angels and of men. But also there seems to be references to angelic dialect in the Second Temple uh, Judaism writings of, this, of the Testament of Job in chapter 48, verse 2, and 50, verse 1. Yet 13.1 in 1 Corinthians never states that human speech and that humans speak angelic language only that angels do. Yet some call this ecstatic speech relating to the uncontrollable babble that occurred in many religions of that Greek Hellenistic world. But there is no indication that this phenomenon was uncontrollable in the Corinthian church. So it's just interesting that even in uh, church history, you know, that they talked about tons of angels and tons here in Gronin's in Romans 8:26 are not exactly the same thing but the basis for tons transcends cognitive consciousness akin to the same thing of modern uh psych, psychological notions of the subconscious mind so many believe that tons taps into the subconscious part of our mind and there's actually been studies, even by Oral Roberts, Oral Roberts University, that praying in tons activates certain parts of the subconscious mind that aren't seen on CAT scans and stuff like that when people are praying in normal their normal native languages. But something's activating parts of their brain in their frontal lobe that is not otherwise. So there's something happening uh, when we pray in tons. It's like this primitive precognitive language aided by the Holy Spirit and it's just an amazing phenomenon but um yeah we're talking about tons here it's a form of praise especially when we sing in the spirit uh it's a gift used to bless God the person of God the works of God so praying in tons is an effective instrument in spiritual warfare as noted Paul describes tons as praying or blessing in the spirit in ephesians six eighteen, he encouraged us to pray in the spirit using the same terminology so 
speaking in tongues is a way of compensating for our weaknesses and our ignorance and praying for ourselves and for other people. That's why tons can be so powerful. So tons for personal edification. This is why tons is so important. First, speaking in tons is a private affair for self-edification. So praying in tons is practiced devotionally by the believer in his most intimate and intercessory moments of communion and communication with God when he is moved upon by the Holy Spirit. This devotional application may also be practiced by a corporate agreement in group gatherings where no unbelievers or uninformed people are present. So in line with this understanding, here are some following important reasons for praying in tongues. Speaking with tongues as the Holy Spirit gives utterance is a unique spiritual gift identified with the Church of Jesus Christ. All other gifts, miracles, and spiritual manifestations were evidenced during Old Testament times before the day of Pentecost. But this new phenomenon came into evidence and became uniquely identified with the church and ordained by God for the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's another important reason. Speaking with tongues is a specific fulfillment of prophecies by Isaiah and Jesus. Compare Isaiah chapter 28 verse 11 with 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 21 and Mark chapter 16 verse 17 with Acts chapter 2 verse 4 and Acts 10 verse 46 and Acts chapter 19 verse 6 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 5 verse 14 through 18 and verse 39. Here's another reason. Speaking with tongues is proof of the resurrection and glorification of Jesus Christ. John 16 verse 7, Acts chapter 2 verse 26. Here's another reason why speaking in tongues is important. Speaking with tongues is an evidence of the baptism in or infilling of the Holy Spirit. According to Acts chapter 2 verse 4 and Acts chapter 10 verse 45 and in Acts chapter 19 verse 6. Here's another reason why tongues is important. Speaking with tongues is a spiritual gift for self-edification. According to Jude verse 20 and 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4, speaking with tongues is a spiritual gift for, for the spiritual edification of the church when accompanied by interpretation. According to 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5, Here's another reason. Speaking with tongues is a spiritual gift for communication with God in private worship. Here's another reason. Speaking with tongues is a means by which the Holy Spirit intercedes through us in prayer. That's according to Romans 8, 26, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, and Ephesians 6, verse 18. Here's another reason why tongues is important. Speaking with tongues is a spiritual means for rejoicing. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15, and Ephesians 5, verse 18. Paul's application of Isaiah's prophecy seems to indicate that speaking with tongues is also intended as a means of rest or refreshing of Isaiah 28, verse 12. Tons follows as one confirmation of the word of God when it is preached, according to Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and verse 20. I love how... Paul describes tons as a vertical communication with or to God. So just think about how important that is. We're talking about a private communication line with the Father. You know, private tons are often referred to as a prayer language. No accompanying gift of interpretation need be involved. And the biblical text that describes it most is 1 Corinthians 14, 28, 
where Paul says that tongues without interpretation should not be used in the church, but rather that the person who has such a gift should speak to himself and to God. And there, this is just a really uh, special private devotion. You know, this is probably one of the most primary ways that I keep connected with God is praying in the Spirit because it, it really does allow me to bypass my mind and let my heart connect to God intimately. And I just want to give five functions of private tons. What what good does private tons do with us? Here's five functions of private tons. Number one, tons enables our spirits to directly communicate with God above and beyond the power of our minds to understand. Number two, tons liberates the spirit of God within us. Number three, tons enables the spirit to take its place of ascendancy over our soul and our body. Number four, tons is God's provision for catharsis, therefore important to our mental health. And what I mean by that, the catharsis, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's the word which comes from the Greek, which means purification. So Aristotle used it to refer to the emotional purging that spectators would experience while having while viewing a tragic play. Many of the healing rituals of primitive peoples, for example, demonic exorcisms, involved an emotional intensity that seems to be followed by a sense of release and restoration to normal function. And so it's talking about a purging. So one of the important uh, functions of tons is it's God's provision for purging of our emotions, purging of our soul, a cleansing of our soul. Imagine like a flowing of water Imagine like a stream, like a like a, a stagnant spring, spring, full of muddy, dirty, filthy water. But praying in tons is like when the stream gets unplugged and it flows and it washes away all that filth. It washes away all that emotional. It purges all that dirt and that filth. And that's what tons is for our mental health. Our mental health. I believe that tons in my own life. I found uh, there was a time where I. I went through a, a time of deep depression, deep isolation, and, you know, just just pain. And I went through a season of praying in tons for long periods of time, even up to six, eight hours a day uh, over several months. And the dramatic difference of my own soul was completely cleansed. So I believe that one of the provisions of tons is for inner healing. But here's the fifth reason of private tons and why it's important and one of its functions tons meets our need for a whole new language for worship prayer and praise and that's one of the amazing things is that tons is such a unification when you experience people praying in tons all around the room singing in tons different melodies and different tones it's such an amazing way to praise God and just to end this time I want to encourage you that if you pray in tons, continue to fan into flame that gift of God. Don't don't just stop using it. Pray even 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day in tons. I encourage you just like in 2 Timothy verse 1 or chapter 1 verse 6, he says, "For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands." 
This verse in 2 Timothy is important. It tells us that one may receive a spiritual gift only to neglect it and ignore it. Don't do what I did for years. I, I just kind of put this gift on the shelf and I didn't realize how important it is. But put in the flame this, this gift. Use it. Don't give it up. This imagery that Paul uses is helpful. He describes as a spiritual gift in terms of a flame that needs to be continually fl- like fanned and 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 turned and and cultivated. It needs if it's not understood, if it's not nurtured or utilized in the way that God intended, the once brightly burning flame can only be reduced to a smoldering ember. He says, in essence, take whatever steps you must pray. Study, seek God's face, put this gift into practice, but by all means, stoke the fire until that gift returns to its original intensity of flame. So if you've prayed in tons, but you haven't really used it much or got activated in it, continue to activate in it. Pray in tons, even 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day on your car rides. Find times when you're alone to pray in tons. If you don't have this gift, if you haven't been activating this gift, Number one, just ask God for it. He's a good father. He loves the good good, good gifts that are to our advantage, especially manifestations of the Holy Spirit. So if you ask him for it, he's not going to give you a snake. He's not going to give you a scorpion. He's going to give you good bread. He's going to give you a good gift that's to your advantage. So just continue to ask God for it. Have people that have this gift that you know of pray for you to receive this gift as well. Sometimes there is an activation and impartation in, the, in these kind of spiritual gifts. So I want to encourage you to, if you already have this gift, continue to activate it, continue to use it continuously, fan up that gift. But also, if you don't have this gift, ask God for it and have people that do, that you know that they do, pray for you and seek the Lord on it. We are, we are commanded to eagerly pursue the spiritual gifts. So this is one way that we do that. Let me just end this time in prayer. Father, I thank you for the gift of praying in the Spirit. I thank you for the gift of tons. I thank you that it is a gift that allows us to seek you, to let our hearts connect to you. That, first of all, it is an intimacy gift that where we connect with you heart to heart and that we can share those things that are in our heart and pray from our heart. So I ask that everyone listening, that you would help us and teach us and guide us in this gift that you would lead us in the gift of tons, that you would help us to edify our own body, soul, and spirit in you, strengthened in faith, strengthened in connection with you, that we would fall more and more in love with you through this gift and this grace. So we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a rating on iTunes and feel free to share with a friend. Our ministry is made possible through our financial partner team. If you feel stirred to give, you can do so by using the link in our bio.